What's up, everybody? This is Julie and Kathleen with another episode of my favorite episode of today. Our guest is Amy. So, Amy, welcome. Hi, thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming on. Before we hop into today's episode, I wanted to uh, bring to everyone's attention that Amy is a radio DJ in Tennessee with a podcast called Amy MCR, mm-hmm. which is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Do you want to talk a little bit about that before we hop into our episode? Sure. So the podcast is really just things that uh, I can't say on FM pretty much. (laughs) A little uncensored and just kind of what I like. It shares a little bit about the human story. I have really cool guests um, and then also just kind of personal experience and what we're all going through and just the stupid little things, I guess, that make you mad. Or that you observe and you're like, what is life? That's pretty much the podcast. (laughs) Love it. Love it. So again, it's available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Everybody check it out. And let's get into the episode. Today, we are talking about Parks and Rec Season 4, Episode 11, The Comeback Kid. Incredible, incredible choice. This podcast has done Parks and Rec before, but it was before I was a host. And my Twitter bio has been first in friendship, fourth in obesity for years and years. So I'm really excited about this one. I said this before. I know Kathleen has watched the show. I actually haven't. It's on my list of shows to watch, and I just haven't got to it. And I think I said I was going to start watching it last time we recorded, and I still haven't. But I want to. There are people out there who haven't watched this show. Do you want to talk about what this show is about? And then we can get into what this specific episode was about. So for a lot of people like The Office, I feel like The Office is picking back up. But Parks and Rec is just kind of that equally like tongue in cheek humor. I've watched it personally just within the last year, the entire series, like three times. (laughs) So. (laughs) (laughs) it's that it's the the entire this episode specifically that we're going to talk about but the entire show in general is just like when you have that like february depression that's the best time to watch the show it has amazing rewatch value i've watched it again like you said i've watched it like five times through in my life just because it's it's so easy and equally as funny the fifth time through Absolutely. And don't you find that you pick up, even if you like, you know, the lines that are coming up, but the delivery sounds different or something. I don't know. I feel like every time I watch it, I pick up something and I'm like, God, that's my new line from the show. So I watched this episode last night and then I just rewatched it like within the last half hour. And even between 12 hours, I was like, oh my God, like you have a new favorite line every time you watch it. The best line I think in this episode is just when Chris comes in and looks at the camera, he's like, Ben is massively depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Just within the cold open, the whole thing is quotable. It's like classic Leslie. Well, before we get in, I guess we'll ask why, why is this? Your favorite episode of Parks and Rec? I think this is my one of my favorite episodes just because um, I can personally relate to Ben being so depressed. And you're trying when, when you're a creative mind, <laughs> it's like the smallest hiccup in life can sometimes just, you know, send that creativity just to the basement. And you're like, I have nothing, but you're trying. And you come up with all these stupid ideas, right? Because you're in this big life change moment. You know, he's out of work. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then he comes up with, 
like idea after idea. It doesn't really see any of it through and none of it's good enough to begin with. And you're just like, yep, that's pretty much most of life right there. <laughs> so you really identify with Ben's storyline in this episode. Absolutely. In fact, because yeah. when I rewatched it for this, I was like, you know, I really find that for me, this episode, Leslie's uh, story kind of becomes like the B story. And I'm so much more interested in Ben between the, the low-cal calzone zone and claymation. And you're just like, huh, okay. But what I also liked is that, like you said, like, you know, the opening classic Leslie is that every every character in this show plays their role so well. And you always see, like, tidbits of who each individual is and, like, what their storyline and personality, like, you know, their characteristics in, in every episode. But I feel like in this one specifically, too, because... You have Aziz who's always trying to flaunt off. So he's to, to flaunt. So he's got the, you know, the red carpet thing that doesn't work out well. I needed to be in in the writer's room when they pitched that. They're like, yeah. he has red carpet in his shoes. It's just yeah. so perfect. But like then they get in the truck and he has to like he has to sit on April's lap, you know, <laughs> that's, that's just so, and then Ron driving. He's like, I don't you know, these aren't the laws I th I think I broke. You just really see each individual person's uh, personality traits so well. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, like the cold open is the perfect and like for someone like Julia who's never seen this, like Leslie's running for a campaign manager. Mm. She comes in hot. She's like so <laughs> excited and going to pick a campaign manager. And everybody in the office is just hiding and being like, don't pick me. Don't choose <laughs> yeah. me. Like it's just it's it shows perfectly how that office runs. It's incredible and her obsession with Anne it's so weird because she has this like massive girl crush on Anne who's also her best friend and there's she she constantly like toes the line with you're like oh, it's weird how much she's into her you beautiful tropical fish <laughs> yeah. um Julie in like all the Anne Leslie episodes she says something crazy like that one of my all-time favorites is one time she's like you're a beautiful naive sophisticated newborn baby <laughs> So what is going on with Ben? Because I actually wrote that down. Like, did I? I don't know if I missed something or if it was like the previous. Ep like, does he get laid off or something? Do you know what? I <laughs> I didn't watch the episode before either, but I do think he's like laid off. And when Leslie's trying to run a campaign man to get a campaign manager to run her campaign, you know, Ben has this. Um, uh, what's what's the ice ice town yeah ben ran for government from wherever he's from i forget off the top of my head uh when he was 18 he wins and it's like this horrible nightmare he has ice town which is supposed to be this uh like indoor arena you know uh ice rink and it it just all goes to shit so when i know they like they were leslie's like ben's poison to my campaign and then by the end of the episode she brings him on so i d i forget why he's I forget why he's out of work, but uh, he yeah, is. Yeah, me too, honestly. I don't, for as many times as we both watched yes. this, there was no. It's because I feel like it's not that, it doesn't last very long. Mm. It's just funny because Ben's is like very serious, very smart character. And yet like when he, his backstory is bonkers. Like when he's 18, he ran for government, and just ran it into the fucking ground. Like yeah. it's hysterical. <laughs> well, that's another thing I like about this show. Like I like when a show like builds its own kind of lore, like Pawnee in itself is like that. Like every, mm. the Pawneeisms, like when they get to Pistol Pete DeCelio in this episode and, and he's famous for like, 
dunking and winning a game in the 90s and then they air it every Friday night and he's like famous like that is insane and I like that this whole show is basically like playing on just stupid facts that that aren't real but they made it up and and you like love Pawnee for it. it's awesome yes and they the name of the high school when Pete went was they were called the drunken savages and woven <laughs> throughout this entire series like we stole land from Native Americans which <laughs> That's like the tongue in cheek humor that you're like, you know, these aren't things that you say seriously, but that, you know, they're called the drunken savages. And you're like, why are they called that? It just, it just gives you like a, a different angle to look at it. And you're like, we were almost proud of this, you know, uh, history. Yes. The, the way like it's flaunt, it's flaunted and, and written and they have, you know, um, murals throughout city hall that <laughs> they're like, this is us like, you know, stealing land and, and having these fights and, you're like, oh, okay, that, that's really what all of this stuff means that, you know, that, that we see in, uh, in art museums or wherever. You're like, this, this is our true history that we don't, we just gloss over for some reason. And they do that too, but it kind of stands out because you're like, oh God. But also it's very tied in with their storyline because that's like you said, like that's all of Pawnee pretty much. Amy, I don't know if, if you know this. So in the scene where they're where they're pitching like the slogan, the comeback kid or whatever, it, mm-hmm. this is one of the greatest bloopers of all time from Parks and Rec. Do you know what it is? No. So a lot of this show is improv and <laughs> so like um, talking about, oh, we're Leslie's like the comeback kid and they're saying oh who who has like good comeback stories and Chris Pratt improvised and he says uh Kim Kardashian and they're all like oh and she's like he goes uh yeah I think she gets coming her back in the video (laughs) (laughs) and the blooper Matt please play the blooper it's like the biggest blooper of all time it's absolutely incredible everyone loves a good comeback story right Seabiscuit the Mighty Ducks Robert Downey Jr. Uh, who Rocky, else? yes. Kim Kardashian. Kim, well, well, in the video she gets she gets come on her back, I think. Only gonna make the rap party. <laughs> it's awesome. That's hilarious. I read somewhere that a normal show like this, for every twenty minute episode, there'd be about like ten hours of footage parks and rec did 60 hours of footage oh my gosh doesn't it give you a different perspective on the show when you find out that it's done improv like when you know like curb your enthusiasm like finding out that most of that is just improv you're like that's a hell of a talent it really is it makes it so much more funnier and shows how like talented these actors are where like one that they can just like come up with like the funniest shit and like like I would never be able to do that. I laugh at everything. Like it would take it oh, would yeah. probably take like a week for something. I don't even probably longer than that for me to like be able to keep yeah. me and Kathleen still laugh at stuff that we thought was funny when we were like thirteen. I know. Well that's why the bloopers are so funny because I mean, normally, even with a funny script, people can break. But if your fellow actors and friends are just riffing and saying this, like, incredibly crazy things, like, you're going to break. It's just because it's coming out of nowhere. And how do you not get mad at yourself? Like, how often are you, you know, whether it's three hours later in the shower, you're like, oh, man, I should have said that. (laughs) No, you need to tell me weeks ahead of time so I can 
I can get all of the, you know, the bad ones out and you stick with that one idea that's gold and run with that. Cause I don't want to think of the perfect comeback or a great improv scene. Right. I know that's not what improv is, but <laughs> like, I want right. to improv just three weeks in advance. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I've only seen two episodes keep in mind, but April is my, my favorite character. I think like she's so oh, yeah. bizarre, but like the shit she says just like makes me laugh so hard. The one quote that I wrote down is when they're with three legged dog. And she's like, he's good at everything except for digging. <laughs> dog world champion. <laughs> His name's champion because he's the dog world champion. <laughs> Her deadpan delivery is so great. She's really perfected that. Yeah. Aubrey yeah. Plaza is one of the great loves of my life, truly. she she They hired her for this show and then created the character around her. It wasn't like she auditioned for april she they made it for her oh yeah i've heard her speak on it on a podcast and her life is really interesting and she's from around us julie like she name drops like wawa and stuff she's one of delaware's it's joe biden yeah elena deladon and aubrey plaza that's like what delaware touts (laughs) that's not bad aubrey plaza is a big a big pull so i can't i've learned this as like the more and more episodes we record but i can't type quotes as i'm watching the show because i then like miss what's like i need to start like pausing it and stuff but i don't give myself enough time like every time we watch an episode i always watch it like two hours before we record so it's like fresh in my head i can't watch it like a couple days before leslie gives a quote about how the past is great made me laugh really hard and I wrote the past is great quote in parentheses Leslie have Matt edit in because <laughs> I don't know what it was but it was really funny she does rattle off like three things that I can't the stage coach is one is stage coach one of them yeah hold, yes hold on I'm just gonna look it up the meme I see sometimes and it's so good is when Ben holds up the claymation doll and he says do you think a depressed person could make this well so <laughs> During that, when he's going through all the stuff that he has, I don't know if you guys have ever been depressed in any sense, but what the only thing that sticks out to me, which I'm like, this is this is the only thing I I know the show's not real, right? Like, I know that somebody running a campaign isn't going to have 10 feet of red carpet and then have to, you know, crawl their way on the ice like that. But there are just certain things sometimes that I'm like, this, it takes me out a little bit, is that Ben is, if Ben is massively depressed, this man, like the only thing that shows that he's depressed is his hair isn't like it's usually like perfect, perfectly done. And it's a little bit like wild, like it's like reckless abandon. But he's wearing jeans and shoes in his own house. And I'm like, never at the time when I've been depressed, have I been like, let me put on jeans and sneakers to kick it around my own house. Like you just wear your sweatpants, no bra, you know, like your glasses. Like for me, I'm like, yeah. I don't put my contacts in. Like I'm like, yeah. I'm a mess on this couch. I feel like we can all relate to Ben, uh, you know, right now just because quarantine, but like, uh, you know, I got this clay to make incense holders and I have to set up like, I'm like, all right, I got mood music. You're trying to like do everything to make yourself just feel the slightest bit better. But jeans yeah. and sneakers are not one of them. No, I haven't seen a pair of jeans in seven weeks. <laughs> I know. I was just going to say that as she was like explaining when she's in like sweats and all that. I'm like, that's literally been me since like March 17th. Yeah. I think after the coronavirus, like people are going to change the way they live. And I think that we should all burn all of our jeans and never wear them again. I think that's one lesson we've learned. I've still been going into work. And when this first started, I was like, I'm not wearing jeans until this is over. So I was doing like leggings for a little bit. 
and you have your variations of leggings, right? You have like your athleisure wear leggings and then you just have like your like black cotton stretch ones. And uh, the other day I had on sweatpants that are like 10 or 15 years old, you know, like you have to cuff them cause they're raggedy. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm really considering wearing these to work because nobody sees me anyway. I was like, no, you need to put clothes on girl. Like this is getting too deep. I've, I've been like, okay, I've been wearing sweats and like joggers or whatever, but on like a day where I really need to lift myself up, I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to put on leggings so I can like <laughs> feel like a human being and like see the shape of my body. I'm not just like a blob, <laughs> like a human blob walking around. I'll like put a little bit of mascara and I'm like, look at this bitch. Yeah, it right <laughs> now. I'm like, every day I'm just getting uglier and uglier. And I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, I know. This is one of the times in my life where I was like, you know what? Thank God I'm so low maintenance because I don't really look any different. <laughs> yeah, right. My hair has been so greasy. It's like not okay. I was FaceTiming yeah. Kenny's sister the other night and I was like, I'm looking at myself. And I want you to know that I did not just get out of the shower. I just haven't washed my hair since Monday. <laughs> That's so gross. Showering has really taken a hit for me as well. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I live in this apartment alone. So it's like, who, who am I trying to impress? I know. Right? Honestly, I should just like start doing a straight part and like doing that style the Kardashians do where they like slick their hair down, but just use more natural grease. The key is baby powder. You can even give up on dry shampoo. Just hit it with a little bit of baby powder. You get another day or two out of it. <laughs> I'm usually good with that. But now that I'm not leaving my house, I'm like, eh, nothing a headband can't hide. I found the past is great quote and I'm laughing because it was so short that I could have written it down. <laughs> Yeah, what? I, I'm thinking about it and thinking how short it is. It was so short. I don't know why at the time I was like, there's just no time. I can't write this. <laughs> it's the past is great. The jitterbug, stagecoaches, Herman Munster. That was it. <laughs> I love the line where she, honestly, I'm going to butcher this, the line where um, she is talking about, like, I don't even know if it's like murders. She's like comparing her, her, te- her campaign team to like, murderers aren't the ones like murdering people it's your friends it's your co-workers <laughs> she's like oh that sounded better in my head <laughs> I don't even know if that's what it was but it was something similar to that I was like so sad when Ben has what's Rob Lowe's character's name Chris he has him over and he's like showing him his claymation video that he made and it's only like three seconds long because like as I was watching it like I was like wow this is really cool like it looks like it's moving and then it was only three seconds and he was like he's like freaking out and he's like I emailed Leslie two days ago and compared it to Avatar Chris (laughs) (laughs) yeah the moment he realizes is like is deep the look on his face that's intense it's so sad. He's such a talented actor because if you think about like he's in Step Brothers and then mm-hmm. he's in this and then he's like a serious character in Big Little Lies and it's like, man, this guy can just give him any role. He's got it. Yeah, he's got good range. I've seen him be uh, a lot of different things. He's in a lot of like indie films and stuff like that. And I, he's one of those ones where I'll watch anything he's in. So, yeah, I agree. He's got really good range. Yeah. So bravo if you're if you're listening. Let's please talk about the um get on your feet scene because it is one of my it's when I think back on Parks and Rec that's one of the scenes I think about. I think it's just so yeah. well done. Oh my god, it's so good. How quickly though after the get on your feet like it happens once and it happens again and you like laugh and then by the third time you're like all right like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I hate this song. Yes, for some reason it like literally like stresses me out because they're struggling. And you're like, how many times are they gonna play this song? Like, I need this like I don't know, just like the loud like the the on and off of a loud noise like triggers something in me. But I'm like, oh my god, this is causing me anxiety just watching it. I like it because it just shows like how incompetent they are and whoever's clicking that button doesn't know what to do and they're just like should I play it again like it's so funny because it's they give an inspirational speech like Anne gives a speech Ron backs her up then they go out and Leslie is walking on that red carpet like she owns a place and then all of a sudden they realize they have to stop and the physical comedy of them slipping on ice is is truly perfection i mean the, the dog's peeing april's like he has three legs it i just think it is like perfect uh ron falling at in that one moment like trying to get her to the podium yeah. I, I could watch it over and over again i know that whole the whole scene of them going from the red carpet to the stage that she has to like climb up on is so good because if you think about yourself like i don't know about you guys but like me versus ice like I'm sweating like I'm like my heart's like racing like trying to walk on ice or like slipping on ice gives me a lot of anxiety like I can't I can't well it's also the entire team trying to walk inch by inch like it's wild and then all of a sudden Pistol Pete comes in starts sprinting in he's like hey I'm Pistol Pete it's like this guy can walk on ice yeah and so he tries to go for that slam dunk I actually gasped at that scene like I don't know why I was acting like that wasn't gonna happen but I was like oh my god Pistol Pete I think the stunt double has brain damage from that Oh, 100%. Truly. I, I also like that really like the storyline to go with that saying that, you know, he's like, I'm trying to move on from this. And, you know, like you said earlier that they show it every Friday night is that he's just like, fine, this is who I am. Like, I grew up yeah. in this town. I stayed here. This is this is the role I'm playing. Also, I love um, together we can beat obese children. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that obesity is such a problem there. Like with all of what's the Sweetums candy factory. And then like the the one where they're just like increasing the soda size, because that's really what it is. Like you see these people all the time, just walking around. Uh, I I feel like for, they touch very well on like true small town issues and like a, a small town lifestyle. We talk about that in one of our quiz questions later. So you're a little ahead of the game. Oh, I didn't know there was a quiz involved. Yeah. We we take this podcast very seriously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you don't get 100%, we won't air it. So, (laughs) a lot of pressure. There was another quote that I wrote down. I actually wrote this one. I'm I'm laughing at myself because these other quotes that I wrote down are longer than the past one. I just, I don't know what happened to me this morning. (laughs) When um, April calls Anne and Leslie to say that, like, they got, they're getting arrested for having, like, four people in the car (laughs) in the front seat, like, all that shit. And um, Leslie takes the phone and she's, like, trying to be, like, real professional. And, like, she's like, this is Leslie, like, the senate blah 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 and she's like going on and on about like i will be there right now and and like that's fine and she hangs up and then Anne's like wow you hung up on her and she's like no she already hung up on me (laughs) i was like that's me i would do that shit yeah that one that is great this this um i tried not to write quotes because i was like i'm gonna write the entire script of this episode if i start writing quotes down yeah it's that good of an episode I know it's really good, really good. Pick. It's really good. Are you gonna watch it? I sure. I'll say that. <laughs> I think it's like a more 
colorful like people compare it to the office and i, mm. I and they say it's, well i don't mind comparing it to the office but i hate when people say it's a ripoff of the office because i think it's I think it's so completely different. I mean, the office pretty much stays in the office. I like that this goes all around the town. Like I said, the whole town is part of the show. The characters are incredible. I think it's completely different. And honestly, it brings me a little bit more joy than the office. I don't know if I like it more, but just like the characters, the the colorfulness of it. I, I, I think I may like it better than the office. First time yeah. saying that out loud. What I think is, I listened to this one podcast, um, and I forget it's it's the James Altucher show, uh, and he had a guest who was either a writer for, um, I think he was a writer for The Simpsons, or was a, The Simpsons or Family Guy, and he was talking about how in whatever show that it was that you can be mean, you can be meaner to like the dunce fat character because it's not a real person. And when I was listening to that podcast, I immediately thought of how rude they all are to Jerry all the time. And in mm-hmm. this episode, they're like, God, you can't even mess up right. Like, so even when he <laughs> does something right, they still twist it and turn it around. And they're like, God, you're just the worst, Jerry. And it, his role in that, even after, I mean, throughout the entire series, was it, is it nine seasons? I forget how long it is. Uh, I think it's seven. Seven. Um, that the entire time, no matter what happens, like they're just kind of, it's not brutal, but it is like they're constantly. Oh, it's so brutal. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I wonder, I wonder how actors in real life after, cause you're saying they have 60 hours like of, of footage for each episode. Like imagine if, if that's an entire week's worth of work and you just got shit on for that entire week, like how you don't let that actually affect you. Cause I'd be like, well, I was babysitting a girl one time when I was 14 and she told me my head was shaped like a potato one time. And I still <laughs> think about it 20 years later. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I read that. Like the actors feel bad doing that to Jerry, like in real life, like to Aww. the actor, like, like they feel bad because, well, I've, I've also Amy, thought about this. Like when somebody is typecast, to be shit on, to be called ugly, whatever it is, mm. and their cast, and and they get called that in the show. It's like okay, but like you kind of are in real life, and that's why you were cast in that role, and that's like upsetting, you know? Yes, yeah. I do not listen. I do not have the self esteem to play that role. That is for sure. No, no, I would cry like actually all the time. <laughs> That's how I feel about like Toby too in the office. Like mm-hmm. I like have a soft spot for Toby. Like we're like my brother Brian thinks that the Toby stuff is like so funny, and like some of like some of it is funny, but sometimes I'm like God, lighten up on the loose, like loosen up. He's an innocent guy. Yeah. I think that helps because he's one of the like creators of the show and like the one of the head writers. Like he didn't even want to be in the show, but they kind of like made him. And I think that's like and that helps. I think he didn't. He probably doesn't mind getting destroyed, but I agree. I didn't know that. Yeah. Why do you know all this stuff? Why don't you know all this stuff? You mean you don't read every Wikipedia page and for every show and every cast member (laughs) you've ever watched? I'm obviously doing something wrong here. Yeah, I agree with that. I weirdly just Google people's heights all the time because I'm like, oh, they look tall. And then you'll find out that they're not like for some reason. I always think Sierra, the singer, is really tall. And she's with Russell Wilson. who He's like, you know, a decent sized football player. And I Googled it and she's like five foot seven. And I was massively disappointed. I was like, oh, I don't know why I was so sad about it. But that's really all I ever look up. I'm like, how tall is this person? You want it, Sierra, to be six, four? 
I did. I really did. <laughs> Doesn't she look like she's just like this like supermodel stuff? I feel like she would be un- like she's bigger than everybody. I'm, that uh, is I, the I, most obscure call out, honestly. <laughs> Sierra. Watch. Now, every time you see a picture of her, you're going to be like, she does look really tall, but she's not. I'm Googling mm. it right this minute. <laughs> okay. I agree. She must be wearing 18 inch heels. Right? Look at this picture. I wish we were all in the same room. I know. I was like, how? <laughs> Which picture? Just imagine it. <laughs> Russell Wilson is only 5'11", so I think that your reference, that's why you thought that, because he's not that tall. Oh, yeah. he's. Not, I didn't know he's only 5'11". I never even yeah. looked up his height. I just looked up hers and was sad and stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys even remember this. Kathleen probably does, but it was like rumored that yeah, when we were young- <laughs> Why? I don't even think that's true. Wait, what? What was the rumor? The rumor was that she had a penis. Really? Yes. Yes. That was like, I I learned the word hermaphrodite because of Sierra. Wait, I think I learned that. That word because of Jamie Lee Curtis. Wasn't she? That's another one. Yeah. Is it true? Is it? No, it's definitely Who is making this up? I want to talk to them right now. Wait, isn't that weird that I I feel like you, like you guys saying that, put that, I don't know if that's something I really heard or now I'm just imagining I heard it, but (laughs) isn't it weird that we all heard like another famous rumor that everybody has like all heard for whatever reason is that Marilyn Manson took a rib out so he could suck his own dick. Yes, yes that's I heard one. that too. Why? Who started that? I need to know. I need answers. Yeah, Marilyn Manson. He was actually like, he was my biggest fear when I was a child. (laughs) Matt Matt used to like torture me about Marilyn Manson. Like I used to have nightmares about Marilyn Manson, fun fact. But yeah, so that's um, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And I always Google people's net worth. Oh, interesting. But it's not actually like, because I... um, was curious about barstool people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, it's, like, my... Just, like, I guess everyone else in this world. But, like, I would love to work for fucking barstool. Ew, Julie, why? Oh, I would love it. Come on. I would love it. Why? What do you mean, why? I do you listen I feel to- like you get a more respectable job. Oh, you mean, like, the podcast. Yeah. Kathleen, they, like, Rhea and Fran on Chicks in the Office do the same no. thing that we do and get paid stupid money for it. I didn't think you meant... <laughs> That I wasn't thinking. I don't listen to that, but I was thinking just like Barstool in general. I think they're just like douchey doucheheads. So. Yeah, no. I feel like a job with Barstool automatically comes with one date rape charge or accusation. A hundred percent. One. <laughs> that's exactly what I meant. Thank you, Amy. Truly. No, I meant like Rhea and Fran. They're like girlfriends of um the big Barstool guys, right? Did I just make that up? No. Well, Rhea is, but Fran's not. They actually talk about how like Fran has like is one of, like, the main people on Barstool that have, like, a separate life outside of Barstool. Like, a lot of them consume their entire lives with Barstool. Yeah. But me and Fran, like, we don't know each other, but we are one and the same, so. (laughs) How so? Tell me why. She also had uh, Nick Jonas posters all over her room. Um, and... You are one in the same with millions of girls all over this <laughs> yeah, world. You're different just like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, even Shannon was like, Julie, Fran reminds me of you so much. Okay. If, if that's I... something you're proud of, then I'll let you have it. That's Thank fine. Thank you. 
Thank Has you. anybody ever told you that you remind them of somebody and you're like, I don't like that person? Like, mm, uh, that's rude. I've, yeah. Five or six years ago, people would tell me, they're like, you remind me of Khloe Kardashian when she was like fat and brunette. And I was like, just because she's a Kardashian, this is an insult. You know, she's the <laughs> ugly one on the show, right? Like, I know I'm big with brown hair too, but come on, guys. Yeah, fucking assholes. I told <laughs> Kathleen that she reminded me. Wait, do you know who I told you you reminded me of? Do you remember? No. Oh, you fucking bitch. I take wait, it back. Wait, what? Now I'm confused. What are you talking about? I told you you reminded me of a celebrity and you like gushed over it. It was recently on the podcast. Just tell me. The girl from Seinfeld. Oh, oh. Julie Louis-Dreyfus. That was yeah. dope. That was super dope. Thank you. I'll take that, that is a any day. Well, it's such a good compliment that she didn't remember. So <laughs> one time my friend uh, Julia, who was on the podcast before her mom said she re- I reminded her of a skinnier Roseanne Barr. So um, oh, that, that, that really uh, that nailed it for me. Uh, put oh. that on my gravestone. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is, yeah. This, is this minus the ambient induced racist comments or uh, this is there's literally not a single thing that is similar between me and Roseanne Barr. So. <laughs> That is so horrible. I would die. I know. I don't think she meant anything. This was like five years ago, too. So it was definitely <laughs> before all the like racist charged comments. Julia's mom was definitely not trying to roast you. Yeah, I don't com- think. That comment didn't age well at all. So yeah, that's okay. This episode took a weird turn. Let's roll into the quiz so we can get yes. back to Parks and Rec. What do you think? Yeah, yes. let's do it. Okay, so I came up, well, didn't come up, but I was, like, Googling. I did the questions this time. So, um, Amy, if if, uh, you don't know the answer, you can ask Julie, who's never seen um, the show. So, (laughs) yeah. I will help you. We will get through this. Okay, question number one, a softball. What is the name of Pawnee's famous miniature horse? Wait, why can't I think of this? I know it. Oh my god. Think is- think of the song. Oh, hold on, hold on. Can I give a hint? Yes, what's your hint? Under the sea. Wait. <laughs> Under oh. The sea. oh yeah. Who sings that Sebastian. song? Sebastian. That's right. Okay, Sebastian. Yeah, it's Lil Sebastian. Lil Sebastian. All right, cool. Number two. What is the name of the burger place in Pawnee? And how many ounces, and for the bonus, is how many ounces is the child size drink Come that they sell? On. That This is tough. This is hard. I mean, you're such the a child, Is the child size like 64 ounces? The child size is huge. It's like a gallon. Oh, because you can fit a child in it, right? That's the thing. Yeah, so they have, um, like, uh, the small is, like, 64, the whatever, the next size is 100 and something, and then the child size is 512 ounces, roughly the size of a two-year-old child if the child were liquefied. (laughs) But what's the name of the burger place? Hold on. Oh, my God. I can't believe. I'm going to blame this on how many gummies I ate yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) This is... The the foggy brain is is not me usually. Um, God, what is that place called? What's it called? To be fair, I don't think I could pull this one out either. So it's Punch Burger. Yes, God. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> okay, number three. Name all of Jerry's name transformations. I know it's Jerry, Terry, Gary. Is there any more? So there was one more, um, and it was Larry. Yes. Is is that the final one? Is that the final one, Larry? So I have I have it. So Julie, just for the record, like there's a bit 
that they keep changing his name and then it'll go for seasons of them just calling him not Jerry. So it's, he flubbed his own name and said Larry. So Larry was the first change. <laughs> then um, when they move to the different office, he goes by Terry because there was already a Larry in the office, <laughs> which is hysterical because like, why wouldn't you just go back to your actual name? And then in the final season, they call him Gary and he was finally happy because that's his actual birth name. Yeah. <laughs> and why not his real name wasn't even Jerry to begin with, which is just such a good bit. Number four, there's five. Um, name any two of Tom's businesses. Tom's businesses. Um, you have Rena Swag. Yep. And then what was the club? Has a number in it, if that helps. It is it like seven twelve or Entertainment Seven Twenty. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then there's Tom's Bistro, which is his um, restaurant at the end. Yeah. What has another one of my favorite Aubrey Plaza lines where she's like, um, they're like, Tom's trying to have this like fancy Italian place. And she's like, I'll have your most expensive red mix with your cheapest white. <laughs> that's when, that's when Billy Eichner joins the, is that how you say his last oh, name? Yes. He is, he is also an amazing addition to the show. Yes. Okay. And the final question What is Andy's band's name? And please sing one of their songs. Mouse rat. Yeah. It's the little sabbat or I fell into the pit. We all fell in the pit. I fell into the pit. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take it. Yeah, the the, um, little Sebastian song is called 5,000 Candles in the Wind. Oh, that's right. He's got the song about April called November. You got 100%. So we're going to be airing this episode. Yes, we're going to be airing this episode. Um. So congratulations. (laughs) I passed. I guess we should get into the next segment of yes. where are where are they now? Where are you now? Here we go. Leslie Nope. Where are you? Where is she now? Also yeah. known as Amy Like the actress, Poehler. yeah. What yeah. is what has Amy Poehler done since the show wrapped? Oh gosh. I don't know. That's okay. It'll still yeah, air for fine. these ones. If you don't know where they are now, that that is not your fault. They'll still I mean, air if, if you don't know where they are now, it's not your fault. It's theirs, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, ain't that the fucking truth? <laughs> so she is the co-creator and executive producer of Russian Doll and Duncanville and starred in Wine Country last year. I don't know what any of those are. Yeah, You same. don't? Really? So no. um, Russian Doll is the um, Natasha Leone show on Netflix, the Netflix original. Okay. I watched it. It was all right. It's a, it's basically like a um, Groundhog's Day. She keeps dying. It's yeah. It's it's all right. It's it's more like I guess that it's more like um, Happy Death Day if you've ever seen that because she keeps dying. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, and and uh, Duncanville Wine Country. Oh, so I don't know Duncanville, um, but Wine Country was was good. It's a really good cast. Okay. Rashida Jones, who plays Ann Perkins. Where are you? Oh, she's in Black AF now, which yeah. is a great show. On I don't know if you guys have watched that, but uh, I was dying over that last weekend. I clicked through the episodes, and the titles are like, "This is because of slavery," and then the next mm-hmm. one is like, "You guessed it. This one's also because of slavery," <laughs> and they're all ten episodes or so. Say say that. I was like, I'm definitely watching this show. The yeah. show is really funny. It's it's I I found it amusing. It reminds me of Curb Your Enthusiasm a little bit because it's like uh, Kenya Barris, who is the main guy in there. He wrote Blackish, and so it's kind of like how Curb Your Enthusiasm, like Larry David wrote Seinfeld in there. Everybody knows he did that. Kenya Barris plays himself pretty much, 
and his tangents just him going off is some of the funniest shit to me oh and she also stars in duncanville produced by co-star amy poehler you know i don't think they're um hyping that up enough because i've never even heard of it yeah agreed all right ron swainson swanson swainson jesus (laughs) i hate doing this because i cannot read names um i don't know has he done anything he was uh ron again in an episode of the good place he also uh hosts making it with amy poehler and acted in lucy in the sky and lego movie 2 in 2019 yeah i've been meaning to watch making it making it is i think it's like a um reality it's a reality show for sure they play themselves but uh it's like a i don't want to say a contest show what the hell are those seems seems good Chris Pratt. Where are you? Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. And that's all I know that he's done besides that. He uh, starred in the new movie Onward that came out. And he is, or at least was, filming the new Jurassic Park movie. Cool. Lastly, Adam Scott, who is Ben. Where are you? What has he done since? I know I he, like you said he's everywhere. I don't know the yeah. time orientation of things. Like if it came before or after. Like obviously I know Step Brothers was like during it, right? Or before? During. So I don't know what he's done after that. Per wiki, I was I actually <laughs> sent a somewhat aggressive text after Matt sent this to us, but he <laughs> appeared as himself in the Between Two Ferns movie, as well as Guest oh. Judge, the most recent season of Nailed It. Um, he appeared in the new Twilight Zone series. Little li- I googled. He's in Big Little Lies. I know. So <laughs> they don't mention that. And I texted them back and said, Adam Scott was most recently in Big Little Lies. Wiki sucks. All right. Well, that wraps it up for today. Um, before we sign off, just want to remind everyone that Amy has her own podcast called Amy MCR, and it is available on both iTunes and SoundCloud. So please check it out. Thank you, Amy. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. This was an amazing episode. Thank you for choosing it. Thank you, everybody, for listening and tune in. Tune in next week. I did it again. Tune in. <laughs> Uh, just listen next, next week, week. Okay? <laughs> this has been my favorite episode of my favorite episode of is produced by matt kelly as part of the geekscape network and hosted by julian kathleen check out our show notes for all of our socials and email us at my favorite episode podcast at gmail.com rate review and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps and we'll be back next week with another episode of my favorite episode of You're listening to the Geekscape Network.